0: Yeah. The summer coming to Dunn. Yeah. I lost a brother. Yeah. Jeremy was I think the only person who I shared that with. The whole time? The whole time. Wow. So my brother was killed in July of seventy three. Yeah. I showed up to Dunn in August of seventy three. My God. Um yeah, and, and you know, didn't realize probably until five, six, seven years later. Mm-hmm. Oh, so that's what being in shock is, right? Because yeah. I just, I think I was sort of wow. uh,
1: detached from things. Wow. Welcome to the Whole Student Podcast with Cal Balaman. Whole Student refers to the magical moment when a student is fully seen, heard, and known. This is a spark of a relationship between student and teacher, where the former is catalyzed on a journey beyond what they thought possible, and the latter is a proud advisor cheering from the sidelines. The host student podcast asked guests to reflect back on their moment, the person who became a transformative teacher in their lives and on the journey they were set upon. Our guest today is Guy Walker. Originally from Compton, California, Guy attended local public schools before enrolling at Dunn School. He graduated from UC Santa Barbara with a Bachelor of Arts degree in economics, political science and black studies. Guy founded Wealth Management Strategies, Insurance and Financial Solutions in 1994, becoming a registered representative and going on to be a top producer in the industry for over 25 years. Guy is an active volunteer and co founder of Endowment for Youth Committee. He has served on nonprofit boards throughout Santa Barbara County, including the Allen Hancock College Foundation, Communify, College Elementary School District, Santa Yanez, Valley College Hospital Foundation, Santayanez Valley People Helping People, and Dunn School, where he also serves as board chair. And an interesting fact, Guy has attended every single Dunn graduation since his sophomore year in 1974. Welcome, Guy. Thank you. Yeah. Happy to be here. Absolutely. Well, it's an absolute pleasure for me to have you on the show. Um, And I will kick you off with the first question I ask everybody which is describe yourself as a student. Take us back. Back all the way to the beginning? Yeah, well, when you first saw yourself as a student, what words would you use to describe yourself?
0: Wow, okay. So, uh, early memories, probably three, four, five years old. Mm. Uh, curious, inquisitive, uh, rambunctious. <laughs> <clears throat> and uh, my first teacher would be my mother. okay. Uh, and, uh, you know, encourage that inquisitiveness okay. and rambunctious.
1: Okay. Well, tell us about your mom and why she called you rambunctious.
0: Ooh.
1: Well, so I'm the youngest of three. Okay.
0: Uh, I was a good student. Yeah. Uh, so I learned from my older brother and sisters yeah. what not to do. Yeah. Uh, how to maneuver and, and, and sort of get through some obstacles. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I was always uh, fascinated by other people, mm. human human interactions. Yeah. Um, and I think that's something that my mother recognized in me early and encouraged
1: in me early. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, who was the first teacher outside of your family uh, where you felt fully seen, heard, and known? Well, um,
0: say probably Mrs. Draper. Mm. Uh, it, it's interesting I pause because I can probably name most of my teachers from kindergarten. Mrs. Dahlberg was my kindergarten teacher uh, through the sixth grade. Uh, but Mrs. Draper was probably that person mm. who I wanted to impress. Mm. Uh, and I felt fully seen and fully heard mm. by Mrs. Draper.
1: Why'd you want to impress her?
0: Uh that's a great question. I think some of it was uh, she was maybe one of my first crushes. Ah, okay. Uh, I don't know how old she would have been, mm-hmm. uh, but she was young enough that I was like, okay, I got that. Uh, <laughs> and um, I had just moved to a new school, Colin mm-hmm. P. Kelly mm-hmm. uh, in Compton, um, that was predominantly white. Mrs. Draper was a black teacher. Mm. Uh, I became the first student body president of that school. Wow. Uh, a lot of that was through the encouragement of Mrs. Draper. Wow. Uh, but she also demanded more of me. I
1: see. Well, was Mrs. Draper, I'm curious, the first non-family member teacher of color you ever had? No. Okay.
0: So my my elementary school, uh-huh. uh, Charles W. Bursch, my, okay. my first elementary yeah. school, um, when I, kindergarten through fifth grade, mm-hmm. mix of white and black teachers. Okay. But there are some folks in that group that were impressed with me. The, Mr. English. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you and I talk about black excellence. Yeah. Certainly one of my early recollections of black excellence. Yeah. Very demanding Mysterious. of his fourth graders. Okay. Uh, he was suited and booted mm, every day. Every day. Uh, you could not slouch in your chair. I see. Uh, and, uh, you know, he had very high... He, he was... Mr. English was the English teacher as well as everything else. So oh, he wow. demanded a lot in terms of language. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and there were there were several other teachers there. Mrs. Elston, Mrs. King, uh, all black teachers. Okay uh who i was aware of them yeah uh they all knew my parents yeah (laughs) which had some impact okay uh but uh mrs draper uh you know 1968 had a different sort of impact on me did you stay in touch with mrs draper i did not i have looked for mrs draper i see uh but did not stay in touch with her interesting okay
1: How about any of your other elementary school teachers? Any you stay in touch with them, or you run into them after? Wow, that's that's a good one.
0: Not so much elementary, junior high school, yeah. uh, some high school yeah. prior to done. Yeah. Um, so uh, you know, I'm a musician, yeah. and so yeah. my uh, my band teacher from junior high school, Linwood Staples, yeah, uh, from uh, Grambling, yeah. Uh, who lives in the Bay Area? Yeah. Uh, I'm in touch with him periodically. That's awesome. And my first high school music teacher, Dennis Patterson,
1: Yeah, uh, who lives in Arizona now. That's awesome. Also, a Grambling graduate. So interesting there, you, you slipped in that you went to Dunn. Um, you transitioned from public, public schools to a private school, a private school that's pretty far away from Compton, California. Um, how did you learn about this? How did you transition? What was the circumstances? Why did you come to that?
0: So, um, come from a family Mm. where education was a priority. Yeah, Uh, I think like a lot of kids, I was one of those kids who there never was a question about whether or not I'm going to go to college. Yeah, yeah. Uh, You're going to go to college. So by the time I'm junior high school, heading into high school, Mm. it's not really so much a question of whether or not I'm going, but like a lot of teenagers. I didn't really understand how you get into college. I got it. Yeah. And I knew that there was an expectation that, well, guy, you're smart enough, so you must know this. And it's like, no, mm-hmm. I don't really know this. I, I know it has something to do with grades, but beyond that, I don't really understand this process. Mm-hmm. Compton was also, also shifting at the time. Mm-hmm. So Compton was a burgeoning black working upper middle class black community right? Uh, that was very rapidly shifting into what many people think of Compton today, right. the whole straight out of Compton concept. Right, so right. it is the birthplace of the Bloods and the Crips. Yeah. And um, by the time I was hitting high school, it was in full effect. Mm. And so my concerns about going to
1: college mm-hmm. were increasing uh, because I knew a lot of my peers were not going to college. Talk about the circumstances of uh, life in Compton when you get to Dominguez. So it, it transitioned
0: fairly quickly. Uh, I yeah. would say through junior high school, yeah. Compton was a wonderful place to live. Yeah. Uh, great friends. You could kind of move around Compton. By the time ninth grade hit, the gang situation was changing. Mm-hmm. Violence was changing a bit mm. more drug infested. Mm. Uh, By the time I was going to head to Dominguez uh, as a sophomore, um, uh, Compton really had changed. And there was a shootout at Compton Mm -hmm. uh, at at Dominguez High School, where I was attending at the time. And that shootout uh, happened to be the same day that mother came home and said, a friend of ours knows of some private boarding schools up in Santa Barbara, California. And would I be interested in looking? And I was like, yes. Wow. Uh, Because for me, the private boarding school meant uh, this might be a ticket into college. Right. Right. Yeah. And so we came up and we were supposed to look at Dunn, Thatcher, and Kate. Okay. Dunn was first on the stop. Got it. I got here and Dunn didn't look anything like I thought a private boarding school College preparatory. Describe it. Describe it. What did you see? (laughs) Oh, it was dusty. Okay. Dusty. And then what would I say? Yes, dusty. I see. Uh, A lot of bugs. uh, A lot of what I would call poorly dressed, raggedy, dressing, long hair. Say it. That was the teachers. Yeah. Yeah. The students uh, weren't really much better. So this is the early 70s. Yeah. Uh, sort of the tail end of the hippie generation. Mm-hmm. And I just, I was unimpressed. Culture shock? Uh, a bit of a culture shock. Okay. Uh, and I think in part because I had a stereotype of where the blue blazers and the little tie. Ah. And the nice buildings. Okay. And that sort of thing. Yeah. And there was none of that here. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh you know, took the entry test or whatever and did fine. Um, And then we were supposed to go look at Thatcher and Kate and I had pretty much determined I'm not doing the private boarding school thing because I've seen one, you've seen them all. I see. So we're heading back home to Compton and I'm sitting in the back seat of the car reading the brochures that Dunn had given me. Mm -hmm. And one of the brochures says 98% of the kids who graduate from Dunn matriculate into their freshman year in college.
1: Hmm.
0: I asked the guy who had referred me to the school. I said, what does matriculate? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he said, that means they attend their freshman year right out of college. I said, okay. Yeah. And he said, the other 2% take a sabbatical before they start their freshman year. Out of wow. Okay. What's a sabbatical? Yeah. He said, that means they go to Europe before they start yeah. I'm like, yeah. okay. So 98 plus 2, huh. so you told telling me 100% of yeah. the kids who graduate go to college. That was sort of part one to sort of move me towards maybe thinking about coming to Dine. Yeah. And then the second piece was those teachers that I had met. The long-haired ones. The long-haired ones that I was so unimpressed by. Yeah. They had their resumes.
1: Mm -hmm. In the brochure. In the brochure. Okay.
0: And I'm reading Steve Gill, Mm -hmm. Cal Berkeley. Mm. Nick Thatcher, Yale. Mm. Stu Thompson, Yale. Wow. Bill Webb, who was head of school at the time. Mm-hmm. Princeton. Wow. And then the guy who interviewed me, who I really, you know, he was the long hair. Yeah. English. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was probably 80 degrees. He had a wool turtleneck sweater on. Oh, I'm like, my I'm not feeling this guy. Yeah. Uh, soft-spoken, couldn't really understand him. Yeah. Oxford. Wow. And I'm like, well... None of these people look like what I thought Cal Berkeley, Yale, Princeton, Oxford. Yeah. And 100% of the kids go to college. Yeah. Maybe I should give it a try. That was it. Yeah. he told mom? and it was I told mom, year? yeah. So, my, you know, people often ask me, why did your parents send you? My parents didn't send me. Yeah. My parents created an opportunity for, for me to make a decision. Got it. And my decision was, let's
1: give this a shot. Got shout. it. Yeah. All right, so I asked guests um, if I gave them a magic wand and they could wave it and five of the teachers in life mm. could appear for a dinner, who would they pick? I don't know if Miss Draper shows up or not, mm. but you got the magic wand in your hand, guys. Five. Five.
0: Well, I'm going to fudge a bit, so that would be my mother. Okay. Uh, Peggy Draper. Got it. Probably them with Staples, band teacher. Mm -hmm. Uh, Probably Dolores Davis, history teacher in junior high school. Okay. I know I'm going to leave out somebody that I really want in there Uh that's not coming to mind. And Jeremy James. Jeremy James.
1: Yeah. Okay. Tell us about the last two Dolores Davis and Jeremy James. Yeah.
0: So Dolores Davis had a bit of the Peggy Draper impact mm-hmm. on me. I see. Uh she certainly when we were in junior high school, mm-hmm. she was a younger professional, mm-hmm. uh, a black woman mm-hmm. uh who just exuded success and yeah. excellence, yeah. uh, high standards, yeah. very demanding. Um You know, impressive in that regard. Mm -hmm. Uh, Didn't suffer fools Mm -hmm. much. Mm -hmm. Um, I think had high expectations. So, you know, I I think about when I look at sort of this resume, I I said to you that I was the first student body president at Colin P. Kelly, which Mm is part of what's interesting about that is when I came to Kelly, Kelly was primarily a white school. I see. Uh, And they they hadn't had a student body. I see. So I become student body president. I leave there three years later, ninth grader, I'm student body president. Wow. Uh, and Mrs. Davis, mm-hmm. much like Mrs. Draper, had an impact on that happening. Wow. Uh, so I think that's uh, that's part of what captioning about Mrs. Davis. I also have to say is that years later after I graduated from Dine, mm-hmm. when I went back to Compton to recruit kids to come to Dine, mm-hmm. Mrs. Davis is one of the classes that I went to to Kids, the wow. cute kids. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So. Okay. Uh, and Jeremy? And Jeremy. So, Jeremy James, the guy who I had said, I'm not feeling this guy. Yeah. Uh, you know, I just, I don't get the whole English thing. He's too soft spoken. He was a chain smoker. Got the wool sweater on. He got the wools. So I'm like, you know, uh, yeah. just, you know, different guy. Okay. Uh, but Jeremy was probably the one adult on campus that I probably shared the most with. So, Interesting. so he became that guy. Why? Wow. Uh, I I don't know what. I can't really tell you why.
1: Mm. Uh, I have a feeling Jeremy made himself available mm. to me. So, what what kind of things would you share with him that? That you couldn't share with anyone else. So, and I discovered
0: some things that Jeremy and I had in common. So Jeremy had this unbelievable record collection. Wow. Uh, He lived off campus, uh, but in his house, like literally around the front room. Wow. There were albums all the way around the room. Wow. And he may say to you, what do you want to hear? And it's like, how about Miles Davis' Kind of Blood? And he'd like know exactly where it was. Wow. Uh, So that was one piece. He was also the person who took a lot of us uh, into town for a variety of things, including um, uh, Bob Marley. Uh, I went to Bob Marley concert at Isla Vista. Wow. Tower of Power. Jeremy was that guy. Wow. And so I think I discovered, you know, we had the music thing in common. I played soccer. Yeah. (laughs) Much to my chagrin. (laughs) Uh, I was a pretty good athlete, but I didn't know anything about soccer. Yeah. I probably should have been on varsity sitting on the bench. Yeah. But instead, I was the captain of the JV team. Yeah. And Jeremy was the coach. Got it. Uh, So there was that. Um, uh, So, you know, and I think in my darkest hours, uh, you know, again, I think I've probably shared this story with you before. Yeah. The summer coming to Dunn. Yeah. I lost a brother. Yeah. Jeremy was, I think, the only person who I shared that with. The whole time? The whole time. Wow. So my brother was killed in July of 73. Yeah. I showed up to Dunn in August of 73. My God. Um, and, and, you know, didn't realize probably until five, six, seven years later, mm-hmm. oh, so that's what being in shock is, right? Because yeah. I just, I think I was sort of, Wow! Uh, Detached from things. Wow! Uh, and so Jeremy knew that, and Jeremy really kept that that secret, that confidence for me. Yeah. Um, How did you tell him? You know, I probably—I don't say I don't really remember. I think I was probably having you know one of those emotional moments. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as as I had, uh, fairly frequently at yeah. times. Um, and I don't know, Jeremy either appeared or mm-hmm. I just I decided I needed to talk to somebody, and it could have been even I think I want to go home wow, um uh, but I know that the the teenager in me, yeah. the adolescent in yeah. me probably knew enough to know I need an adult, yeah, to communicate this with, wow, and he was
1: the adult. We talk about being seen, heard, and known, and you talk about Jeremy's seeing you and knowing you in a way that you're not sharing with anyone else. Mm. But you're also experiencing such shock, and, it, and it's 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 you. You have to explain this to me. You're living in shock. You transition from public school to private school. You do your time here, and you move on. But you come back, and and again and again, and next year will be your fiftieth consecutive yes. graduation. Yes. I don't think I I don't know if there's a world record for it. Mm. I don't know anybody else who be well, in the right Let's writing. find out. Yeah,
0: I, I should be in the Guinness Book or something. Yeah. So,
1: why, but why?
0: Yeah. So that's it, a great question. Uh, you know, it's interesting. I can now look back. Mm-hmm and see a bit of who I was had done for those three years. Yeah, yeah. Which is, I was a pretty serious person. Yeah. I could have fun. I could laugh. I could do that. Yeah. But when I look back at that young mm-hmm. man, I know that I was in shock. Mm-hmm. I know that, you know, I was sort of going through the motions. Yeah. I know that I was very focused on... No matter how bad it seems here, mm-hmm. I'm on a mission. I need to get if I graduate, yeah, because ninety-eight plus two is a hundred. Yeah. If I graduate, I'm going to college. Yeah. Uh so that became my North Star. That's it. Uh and everything else, uh and there were things. You know, I mean it was just culturally it was a challenge at times. Um
1: But it wasn't a means to an end. Because if it was a means to an end, you wouldn't have came back for graduation. No. Yeah. and So it, why? Yeah. So in fact, one of the things that, that's
0: ironic is yeah. I said over and over when I was a student here, I can't wait to graduate. I'm never coming back. Oh, really? I'm never, <laughs> ever coming back. I can't wait to leave wow. San Diego Valley. Okay. And, and get back to a real city. Okay. And so then I graduate mm-hmm. and, and I had become a bit of a leader. Yeah. I certainly became a leader as it related to, I would say, students of color in general, but certainly black students, of which there weren't a lot of us. Right. But I was the big brother to some folks who were coming up behind me. That makes sense. Uh, There were three black students that were in the class behind me. Right. Willard, Steve, and Steve. Uh, So when I graduated, went off to Vassar College, came back, I had to go to their graduation. Got it. Those were my little brothers. Yeah, of course. So I go to their graduation and it was fine. Um, the following year, yeah. there was another young man, a black student who was graduating. I had to come to his. Yeah. Well, that kept happening. Yeah. Uh, I would come to alumni weekends, right. not every year, but yeah. came to a lot of alumni weekends. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: But what happened, Cal, really is it was more of a function of initially, there's a saying I use sometimes as you climb, lift. Mm. right so it's like in the beginning I probably really wasn't that wild about coming back right. but I'm coming back for Steve and Steve right. and then I'm coming back for Lawrence and then I'm coming back for well at some point it's now 8, 9, 10 years later and there are new black kids who are coming on campus mm-hmm. and I'm coming to orientations and meeting them mm-hmm. and being big brother to them Mm-hmm. Uh, and so now I got to come back for their graduation. Yeah. And now it's fifteen years into the yeah. deal, and then it's twenty years into the deal. And I think around twenty years into the deal, the the current head of school who is escaping me right now, that, that might have been Steve Loy, mm-hmm. says, "Have you been at every grad?" I said, "Yes, yeah. I've been at every graduation." And he announced at the graduation. This is Guy Walker's 20th consecutive graduation. Wow. And so it just, it sort of became a thing. And and uh, and at some point, my attitude mm. about Dunn also mm-hmm. uh, changed in the sense of, I did not have a bad experience
1: yeah. while I was here. Yeah.
0: But I didn't appreciate the experience
1: while I was here. I understand. Yeah. Well, Guy, you talk a lot about community wealth and... Something about that story, about being drawn back by Steve mm. Frazier, Steve Osmond, uh, you know, coming back to their graduation, uh, at you know, almost like an obligation. Mm. Uh, you're part of a community wealth stream, and you can't take yourself out of it. Right. I talk about that.
0: Wow, that's uh, that's good. Uh, I think that community wealth piece has always been there. Mm-hmm. I defined it maybe 20 years ago. Mm. Um. I think intuitively, perhaps, and perhaps through my training as a child, mm-hmm. I think I've always recognized that community is important. Mm-hmm. And I think you're right. I think the my relationships at Dunn, mm-hmm. a lot of that had to do with there were people within my community. Right. And then as I graduated, there were people behind that right. were a part of that community or should become a part of that community. hmm I think there's a leadership piece of me that said, "Well, if we're going to expand this community, yeah. and I don't know how much of this was always conscious. Yeah. At some point, it probably became more conscious. Yeah. Um, but I do think it's a part of my personal philosophy mm-hmm. about the importance of building community wealth. Right.
1: That has kept me engaged here and in other places. So there is the question I want to end on, and it's a question. I'm asking in light of the fact that every single guest we're having this season is an entrepreneur like yourself, um there's something about your entrepreneurship that's tied to the idea of community wealth that's tied to your edu- education the way you learned and and I'd like you to speak to it what what's the through thread what ties mm-hmm. it together
0: mm-hmm. so um I'm a man of faith, yeah um And I think sort of the evolution of Guy Walker is what are we here for? Yeah. Uh, A lot of it for me is community. A Mm. lot of it is our role is not to fix things. Our role is to make things better. Mm. Uh, And so I think people sometimes get frustrated because they see a problem, they want to fix it, Mm. and they can't fix it. I've been in that space. Uh I'm not really in that space now, and haven't been for a while yeah, yeah. my my role my purpose, my yeah. god purpose really is how do I help things be better than I found them mm-hmm. uh and to connect people yeah. that's part of the you know the yeah. answer to that yeah um and so you know again, I mean. Community wealth is the second of the three pillars. So yeah. cultural wealth, right. how well do you know yourself? Yeah. Where are your values, your principles? Right. Community wealth is really the work that we all should be doing. That's right. And then capital wealth certainly is, is, are the tools that allow us very often to yeah. do these things. Yeah. So Community to me is, it,
1: that's where it all begins and ends. Yeah. yeah. First community being your family. That's right. And you started there with your mom. Yeah. Appreciate that. Uh, Guy, I know what you said will inspire others to share and reflect on the teachers in their lives. I think what you said about community wealth, the power of community is something that will resonate with folks, Uh, being seen and heard and known, not just in an individual way, but in the spirit of a tribe Mm, that comes together. Um, Appreciate you. Absolutely, brother. Thank you. Um, We say on the show, class dismissed. The whole student podcast has been brought to you by Duncast. Produced by J.D. Scroggin, the director of marketing and communication at the Dunn School, and co produced by Brandon Scott of Comfort Food. Thank you for joining us.